Welcome to Layers of Film, the show where mediocre people discuss masterful films the first Monday of each month. I am your host, Austin Killian, joined by my co-host and online friend, Big T. <laughs> Just online friend? Nowadays, Rude. I haven't seen you in person in like a decade, dude. That's <laughs> or maybe true. that's not true. It yeah, it's been know, a very maybe. long time. It has been a while. It Probably, hasn't been a decade, though. It hasn't been a decade. It's been a long time. I think I saw you like one time in person after you got married. And I had just been married. I watch you every night while you sleep. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like looking for all the entrances to this place. Oh, yeah. I was no. thinking about it because I was, because <laughs> I went to the bathroom and I left that all in the episode because <laughs> you're able to hear. It. I think it was just the flush from last episode. Um, but I did notice that just like, sorry, I, now I need to explain something else. So I decided to take it upon myself to like go through all of this old home video footage from my family and tape and digitize it. So I have like this converter and all this stuff. And uh, it's like the Elgato video capture card or something. And um, anyway, I was like leaving it on because some of these videos, they go on for like ever. And it's just like stuff that I don't really care to watch. And so I was going up to go to the bathroom. And as I was in the bathroom, I think the vent that's in the bathroom, like perfectly, it's just, you know, it's like situated where you can hear everything in here. And so I was able to hear like the videos even from that bathroom. And so you probably, yeah, you probably, I don't think the mic really picked it up super well, but yeah, you probably heard me pee. Who knows? Maybe I farted. I don't even know. I couldn't hear it. (laughs) But now I need to know that I need to be very careful to not talk crap about you while I'm up there going to the bathroom. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Anyway, how are you doing? You know, I am doing okay. My both of my dogs had surgery this month, so oh, yeah, one of them got their teeth cleaned and some bumps removed, and the other one got spayed. So, oh, um, yeah, they've just been in cones for the past like two weeks. And That's it's been the kind worst. of a nightmare, but oh man, it's kind of exhausting. We got to take them up and down the stairs and make sure they don't jump up on furniture and. Especially, well, you've had Willow for a long time. Yeah. And they're both in cones. So <laughs> that, that's probably so frustrating. Yeah. It's kind of funny to see, but um, it's kind of exhausting when you have to take care of two dogs that can't yeah. do a whole lot. Jeez. But, but they're not licking themselves. And that's important. Not, not with the cones. Not with the cones. Dude, yeah. that's hilarious. That's like the funniest. It's like sad, but it's also really funny to see them with the cones. They're bumping all into <laughs> stuff that they normally don't bump into. Yeah. Uh, that's It's funny. pretty entertaining. But yeah. How about do, you? Do, well, What's hold on. Up? Do you have like pet oh, insurance? Oh, oh. Uh, we do for um, Ivy. Yeah. Okay. Are you just going to... Oh, but you don't have it for like Willow? No, because when... It's not that it's too expensive, but we never got it when she was a puppy, and it's kind of pointless to get it when they're a little bit older, because gotcha. I've heard that like insurance just never covers anything, because oh. they'll say that everything is like a pre-existing condition. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that's so lame, dude. Yeah. Pre-existing but, condition. Uh, don't yeah. don't breeds like have specific things that they know are probably going to happen, like yeah. pugs and whatever. So it's like... And, yeah. They but all of the surgery stuff that Willow got, it wouldn't have been covered by general insurance anyway because it was all like either routine dental cleaning or okay um surgery stuff that yeah right she they don't really cover a whole lot of that stuff so yeah but is your breed of dog prone to like any crazy stuff later on down the line probably not 
No, but doodles are prone to like skin bumps, kind of. Sure. They're all benign things, yeah. but okay. we just got them removed because she went under for her dental cleaning and the vet just said it was good to get rid of them. One was growing on her paw, so we weren't sure how oh. much it was going to deal with, like affect her walking. So, gotcha. Yeah, but uh, you know. That cone's affecting her walking, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, she's not a big fan. That reminds me, have you seen that video? It's like kind of sad. No, it is sad. Actually, the more I watch it, the sadder it gets. But this the <laughs> video where like some dog owner like moved his couch and then he had like the camera indoors and his dog is blind and obviously like got used <laughs> to jumping onto the couch and just rams right into the wall. I think the first time I watched it, I thought it was funny. And then the more I watched it, I'm like, that's so sad, dude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. We're sad blind dogs. Yeah. Aw. Uh, hopefully they got insurance. Head trauma, too. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing good. You asked me earlier, and I just kept yeah, going. Yeah, how's the music uh, going? Oh, it's fine. Kickstarter's not going to get backed, but that's okay. <gasps> I didn't have... I even sent money for it. How sad. I, oh, I saw. I can see everyone who... It's funny. Some people, I think, they like back the Kickstarter thinking that's totally anonymous, but like I could see everyone. <laughs> but um, anyway, but... It, you know what? I, I think it got like 32, as, as the last time I checked, it got 32% backed. And the way the Kickstarter works, it's all or nothing. Yeah. So uh, it's not, uh, I'm not going to get any funds for it, which is fine. I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit of, because one of the uh, one of the rewards that I offered was like a, an album or like a, like a vinyl record. And that one actually made me really nervous because I'm like, well, I have to print at least 100. Otherwise, like other people won't. Like most printing yeah. places like won't print any less than a hundred. So it's like if there's yeah. only five people that end up <laughs> getting that reward, I'm like printing a hundred of these just for five and I'm probably gonna be in the hole or something. I don't I tried accounting for it. Um and I think it would have worked, but I was still nervous about it anyway with shipping costs and whatever. Yeah. But um so I didn't get back, but that's fine. I'm not gonna let it stop me. I'm gonna do the album anyway. And do it. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was I was thinking about the next song that I'm gonna be I was kind of holding off in case it does get backed because I didn't really want to start recording anything until I had the new equipment. But um, I'm just going to be using the same equipment and I'm going to get it to sound as good as... I learned some tricks with that one song and I'm sure I'll learn a lot more tricks. So I think I'll be able to get the album sounding pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. And uh, Did I talk about that concert? Did I go to the concert the last you time? You told me that you were going to a concert that I was you going didn't talk to about concert. it. Okay, I just couldn't remember if I had already gone. I went to the Chevelle concert. Dude, I'm repping the shirt. I bought a shirt way overpriced like we talked about. But you know what, dude? It was awesome. It was such a cool concert. And it was packed. It was like a small venue. But um, it was like filled, you know, shoulder to shoulder. I've never been to like a real rock concert where, you know, it's, you know, kind of harder than normal. Like Red Hot Chili Peppers. And, uh... There's like mosh pits, you know, and one opened up like right behind me and I hated it because I just wanted to listen to the music and I couldn't because I was like trying to fend for myself because people are just bumping into you and you're on the outer ring. Oh, man. But uh, it was that was that was interesting, but super good. They were awesome. And everyone. Yeah. Like I was saying, everyone's like packed to the brim. But 
and I'm really not very expressive. Like I'm pretty reserved a lot of times. Dude, I was rocking out so hard. Like everyone was shoulder to shoulder, but there was like probably a good two feet of like a radius <laughs> around me because I was rocking out <laughs> so hard. I think people were giving me some Love space. That for you. Yeah, thank you. And there was some guy like just doing vodka shots like constantly up in like a building nearby and everyone was cheering him on. And then they started cheering him on to drink some water because he was looking pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) And that was funny. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. Such a supportive crowd. Yeah, I guess. So, So healthy. He looked, yeah, he was looking after a while, like, he's gonna, he was, like, up on the balcony, he's like, I'm like, he's gonna throw up all over everyone you're right the, now. You're the pro, the projectile zone. <laughs> yeah. We went to a Hosier concert um, oh, a little yeah, while ago. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was great, but um, we were underneath the, like, balcony seats, and somebody yeah. spilled, like, a beer, and it on was, me? like, dripping, not on oh. me, but it was, like, right behind me, Yeah. and so there was, like, this big open space on the main floor area and people kept on coming being like oh there's an open space here and then they'd get get, like beard drift on them (laughs) yeah dude oh man that's true there was like almost or there was basically a fight like breaking out between like some 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 lady i think she had brought like her her daughter and her friend or something to this show i don't know why they're super interested in these bands (laughs) because they're old but whatever and she was getting really upset with these. It must be like, I haven't really been to a lot of concerts, but it must be like a, just a normal thing for people to really just like barge in and try to take up spots, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, she was not having it and she was like throwing a huge yeah, people fit. Will fight. Yeah. And like pushing them into us. And I'm like, dude, just leave. It. I was almost, because it was my first time watching Chevelle and they're like my favorite band of all time or close to it. And I was so close to being like, I you guys need to get out of here because I'm not missing. I'm not letting you guys ruin this show for me because I've been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Some people get really annoying in like yeah. the mosh pit or just like the general front area. Yeah. Some guy got busted for. Well, he didn't really get busted, but he he. You could smell some weed, and there was like a few security guys just like, "Hey, you good?" And he was like, "I'm good." And then we didn't smell weed for the rest of the time. <laughs> that was pretty That's funny. Funny. It's Utah, you know. Forget it's not legal in some places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was overall. Um, yeah, that's good. cool. We yeah. had there were two people that passed out at our concert. One of them, yeah, um, had to get like escorted out of the mosh pit area by security. <laughs> yeah, and the other guy, it was actually really funny because um, the other guy, he was on the other side of the uh, area from us. But um, yeah. do you remember how I told you that I was part of a film festival? So I went to the the film festival. So the concert was Wednesday and the film festival was the, the we filmed on um, Friday and the guy who passed out was there. He was directing the film. Oh, really? Um, he didn't pass out, but he fell and he was in like a knee brace because he like separated a ligament Ooh. or something. Yeah. But it was I was like, oh, what are the chances that we were both at the Wednesday Night Hosier concert and you were one of the people that fell in the crowd? Did you like talk to him about it or no? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about Hosier a little bit and gotcha stuff. So that's funny. Yeah. Aren't you yeah. like in a film like class thing or? Or was that just a festival? I thought I saw a picture of you doing some kind of film thing with a bunch of people. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I was, I was part of a film project. Like we did a for film the festival. Together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it so done? It was, How did it turn out? It is done. Yeah, it's it was the seventy-two hour film festival. So they do it kind of all over the I U.S. See. Um, it was good. It was really fun. They're actually going. The, so the film festival was this last weekend. Yeah. 
Um, and the production company is launching the the video tomorrow, the film tomorrow. Are you going to send me a link? Yeah, I'll share it on Instagram or I can text you a link or whatever. It's a Christmas movie. (laughs) Oh, what? Yeah. It's coming up, huh? We made a little Christmas movie. Nice. But it was really fun. I had a good time. I I met a lot of cool people. I helped with the set and we got nominated for best set. So. Oh, look at you. Feeling pretty proud. Wow. Add it to my resume. Wait, so is that, is it with that, like, are you kind of wearing a few different hats or was it just the set you were working on? So I went in as a production assistant. This is very like white man of me. I I went in as the production assistant and then I was credited as the second assistant director. (laughs) Oh, you're so upset. Whoa, wait, sorry. Second assistant director. That's better. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um... So I went in just as a like a PA and then I yeah. was um, I helped set up the set a lot because I didn't there wasn't a lot of other stuff I could do. Yeah. Um, and I did a damn good job with that Christmas <laughs> set. Let me tell you, yeah. I did a really good job. I Are mean, you- it was me and a bunch of other people. But um, how long is the film? It's like seven minutes. OK, it's, it's not. Super so it's not going to be on the Hallmark Channel. I don't know. Maybe as a filler no, thing. No. Maybe as a filler thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't like know if they between. do that. Yeah. No, it will not be. But um, I was in charge of slating, so that was kind of fun. I think that's why they bumped me up to second assistant director. Because I don't know what slating is. That's the little clapboard thing. Oh, you know? sweet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dude. So it was fun. I had a really good time. I, I want to keep on working with them and stuff. It was it was, it was was cool. Nice. And so, and no, I mean, 72 hours, I could imagine. I mean, even though it's just seven minutes, like, that's still a lot to do, you know, yeah, in 72 we were, hours. Yeah, w- yeah, 72 hours. So we could actually only film in one day because the director was oh. only available for one day. Oh, so we were at we were on set from like nine in the morning until I think like 10 o'clock at night. So it was it was long. That's a long day. Your legs are but probably I really enjoyed it. Nice. I, I, was, I didn't do a whole lot. I just sat for a lot of oh. it. <laughs> did anyone so, did anyone get no, mad at each other? Lot, but um, not I, really. No. Really? 72 hours there wasn't any stress go like well stressful. i mean yeah it's 72 so what happens with 72 hour film festivals is like thursday night this was the case with us yeah thursday night you get your genre pretty much or like the themes that you yeah. have to include but it's like a surprise so you get it thursday night and then people spend like thursday night friday morning writing the script and then they'll film friday and saturday they'll edit sunday and mm-hmm. then they'll turn it in sunday night or monday yeah so, um, it's 72 hours to do the whole thing, but we were only together in a big group for one day. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. not, not like a ton of time to like get really mad at each other. Yeah. Nothing too, <laughs> too crazy. That's super cool. But there was one guy on stage though. So we got access to, um, like stage armaments. So like grenades okay. and, um, guns and all yeah. this different stuff. And, this the guy who was in charge of it was kind of bummed that we weren't using them. So the director said that if he could hide the like weapons in the scenes without him noticing while they were filming, he would keep it in. <laughs> so there are some scenes where you can like see the shady outline of like a grenade or like the tip what? of like an assault rifle. Like and you can't really tell what it is unless you're like looking for it. But they also took a little handgun and like wrapped it perfectly like a present and he put it under the tree dude it was pretty it was pretty funny it's like an i spy book from back in the day but with your short film dude that's awesome that's super cool yeah that's had a good time i really want to do something like that with video games because there's like game jams which is the same thing oh yeah yeah yeah. 
There's uh, there's one that I've seen some videos on YouTube, the Game Makers Game Jam or something like that, and he does it like every single year. It's like 48 hours to make a a game with like yeah based on a specific theme. Like, and the theme I think for the ones that I've been watching is roles reversed, which is like a really cool concept because it's like oh take a classic video game concept but reverse it, turn it on its head. And someone, I think the coolest one is someone did a like you know the brick breaker. Where like your the ball comes down and yeah. you move the little platform and then it breaks the bricks up top. Um, they reversed it so the bricks the bricks are like attacking like the platform or whatever <laughs> like it's coming down. <laughs> but like you have to dodge the balls. But what I think is super cool about it is the mechanic changes because you're huge, so you have a lot to lose. But the smaller you get, you can also fit in small spaces, and so you can kind of maneuver a lot easier. So it's like oh that's a really cool way to like kind of juice the mechanic a little bit more um interesting anyway so i think it would be really cool to participate i'm gonna do it like a few uh with my friend i'm gonna do a few game jams uh just like kind of uh like our own game jams to get ready because i've never done a game jam before because that sounds like a lot of work but yeah anyway so it's fun i'll let you know whenever i do yeah keep me posted i'll play it Oh, and you'll love it. Actually, probably not. Oh, I will. It'll be I'll like be obsessed. My It'll suck, dude. It'll suck. <laughs> it's all right. No, that's learning. Fine. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm. Wait, so tomorrow? So you're gonna send me that link tomorrow for your film? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Once it gets up on their YouTube, I can send it to you. Yes. I think it's tomorrow night. So tomorrow night. That sounds cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Bailey named it too. Oh, really? What's it? Yeah. It's called want- Claws and Effect. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Yeah. That's like Violent Night. What a great title for a film. Claws and Effect. Yeah. That's really good, dude. Yeah. So we, we had a good time. I had a good time. Sweet. Well, yeah. speaking of good times, <laughs> let's talk about the film for this month. We are going to be talking about You've Got Mail. But of course, before we get into that, let's do some housekeeping. You can rate and review the show on whatever pad podcast platform that you use it helps with discovery and gets the word out if you haven't seen the film be aware that we will be diving right into spoilers sometimes right from the beginning of the discussion so continue at your own risk make sure you listen until the end of the show where we will reveal next month's film and you can write into layers of film pod at gmail.com to be part of the discussion now big t do you have our next segment ready for us i do Yes, and that segment is Hollywood. You rather rom com edition? Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to add anything extra to the theme song uh, for that. <laughs> you have to. No. Um. Yes, Hollywood. You rather rom com edition? Nice. Are you ready, Austin? I am ready. Let's get into okay. it. Okay. Hollywood. You rather fall in love with the person who shut your family business down, or Fall in love with the person your child is dating. Oh, what the business, I guess. That's weird. What the heck? Uh, Let me think. Well, yeah, my answer is definitely the business because hopefully it'll be a long-lasting thing and then I can reap the rewards from their business, (laughs) money-wise. But It's not about true love. Fall in love with the... Oh, wait, hold on. Age of Adeline? No, but that Dang. is a really good movie. That's I was just trying to think because technically he was in love with her before, but she's like still, yeah, that's true. I guess technically, sort of, but it kind of works. 
Um, yeah, do you need another it? clue, or do you want me to just tell you the uh, name? One more clue. Diane Keaton. Oh, man. I The Godfather is not a rom com. I have no idea, dude. <laughs> um, it is Something's Gotta Give. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's so good. You have is to it? watch it. I love Diane Keaton. Jack Nicholson is meh, but yeah. I- I'm obsessed with Diane Keaton. Um, I can only, like, just from the few things, I just can't imagine Jack Nicholson not coming off really insane. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem is, like, he's his character in it is, like, really... Out there? Like, just not out there, but just kind of like a gross old man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, gotta watch um, yeah. it yeah he has like no rom-com chemistry in my yeah. opinion that's so but weird. dan keaton does all the heavy lifting and it's great well, nancy it. myers anything nancy myers is worth watching what else has nancy myers done well um i think she did um i want to say she did it takes two although it's not a rom-com and i could totally be wrong the but game no, no, no. The oh, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen movie. <laughs> the game. There's a game She's a savant. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. There is a game. I love that yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't even know that one either. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, uh, wait, wait. What did you choose? Um. Here's the thing. All billionaires are evil. And <laughs> so you'd still I just, rather I see, the awkward, I see Jeff the Bezos. <laughs> here's the thing. And something's got to give. It's not that weird because her daughter is dating someone who's her mom's age. So oh, okay, I, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. And if it was Diane Keaton, I was falling in love with. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay, Holly. Would you rather have your stepmom feel you up multiple times? Jeez, dude. <laughs> or have an affair with your ex? Dude, how am I supposed? There's probably so many movies. What do you mean? <laughs> what am I supposed have an affair with your ex? Yeah. Is there not like a million movies that probably falls into that category? I don't know. This is like the famous one, though. I mean, I can't even think of it anyway. I can't think of a single. Also uh, a Nancy Myers movie. Oh, God. Uh, starring the beloved Meryl Streep. It takes two. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. Oh, wait. Hold on. Meryl Streep? I don't know Nancy Myers really at all, but I'll just. Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin, oh, John Alec. Krasinski. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know this. Never mind. What is it? It's complicated. What the John Krasinski? Also a great movie. Yeah, you're a. He plays the son-in-law, Meryl Streep's son-in-law. The only movie that I'm a. Yeah, the only oh, there's like two other movies that I'm aware of. One I won't say because it's a spoiler, but the other one is Leatherheads. That's the only other movie that I know John Krasinski <laughs> from. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just the spoiler. office. Spoiler. What leatherheads? No, Isn't no, you it? said one I won't say because it's spoiler. Yeah, well, it's an exciting. It's supposed to be an exciting thing when he shows up in the movie because oh, it's gotcha. like, oh, whoa, I can't believe. I didn't it. know he's in this. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, which one would you choose? The second one, I guess. I don't know. I feel like that would be easier to deal with than <laughs> having to like have a talk with your, your, your yeah, stepmother, your soon to be stepmother. I don't think they ever got married. Oh, that's true. I guess yeah. But still, your, that's your even more awkward. Girlfriend. Probably. I don't know. Well, maybe it's less awkward. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Very uncomfortable. What What about you? Well, since my wife would then be my ex, I would choose that one because I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look at you. What a great answer. What a great answer. Okay, last one. Um, you're over two. So I know. And I don't think I you're guess gonna I, get this. I one. guess I don't know anything about rom coms. <laughs> Holly, would you rather have your partner leave you for the nanny or have your partner leave you for your best friend? The nanny. I can find a new nanny. Um but then you're out a nanny and a partner. Yeah. And what if they're what if they're a really good but nanny? But then I'm out a best friend and a partner? That's worse than nanny. Yeah, but if your best friend was willing to cheat on you, well, cheat on if your best friend and your partner were willing to betray your trusts, they're not really your best friend. Yeah, but if I choose the one, the other one didn't happen. Big T. So Yeah, but what if they wanted it to happen? <laughs> Well, that would be really sad. Then I guess I lose all the way around, Big T. You're getting the we're getting into the nuanced version of Holly. Would you rather? Yeah, I don't know. The Which parallel universe is being created. Yeah. Uh, falling in love with or wait, like, cheating? Wait, cheating on you or falling in love with your best friend? I can't remember. Um, leaving you for oh, your best friend you. or leaving you for your nanny. Uh oh man yeah who knows who knows dude I guess I don't know rom coms <laughs> what is it also John Krasinski Leatherheads um <laughs> correct <laughs> yeah <laughs> um something borrowed what I didn't know he was in any other movies besides <laughs> yeah he's in a lot of rom coms I think actually oh, I guess that makes sense he's in another one I think about like a pastor is trying to break up a couple I don't know oh shoot you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's with, with Robin Williams. Uh, He's the Robin, pastor. Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And Mandy, and Mandy Moore. Moore. I right? really yeah, like yeah. that movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it forever, though. Look at you. Ah, I totally forgot. You're right. Um, So zero for three, but... Yippee. Um, but I, I had fun. I respect you. And you had fun. Maybe. I did have fun. Yeah. I, I always don't have fun with you, Austin. Aw. Yeah, messing <laughs> with me, dude. You're just messing with me. Constantly. Choosing all these obscure... <laughs> What are you talking about? These are not obscure rom-coms. Hey, I'll tell you what. I had to look up the word abstruse. I thought it was fake, 100%. I had I no idea. I thought you said I'm too strong. I know, exactly. Because <laughs> we're just getting into the conversation. But because like the the elevator guy looks confused, like, that's not a word. So I'm like, yeah, that's not a word. And then I look it up. It's like, no, it is. Oh, wait, no. He gets confused about obtuse. And I'm, never mind. That was abstruse. He said, she says that about me. What does abstruse mean? I looked it up. I forgot already. I don't know. <laughs> it's it is a true. How can you? He's abstruse. Oh, like basically a. No, not not obtuse. Um, uh, like obscure. No, I don't know. Abstruse. It's like really convoluted. I think is kind of the same. That's ironic. That it means convoluted. It's yeah, obscure, convoluted difficult way. to understand. Difficult to understand is the definition, I guess. So she thought that what's his face's writing was difficult to understand. I don't know. It's true. Abstruse. I just didn't expect her to know a word that big. I don't know any words that are big. And she just didn't seem to be the type of character that would know a big word like that. But I guess she does. Well, she's probably an editor, right? I think yeah, so. Yeah, she works she's... for a book <laughs> company or whatever. So I'm just a jerk. A publishing okay. company. Big T, you've got mail. You've seen it before, but it's probably been a while. I don't know. I've only seen pieces of it. I, oh, I really? I actually realized I hadn't seen the whole thing. So the, after watching the whole thing, finally, uh, what do you think about it? How does it hold up as a rom-com? Wait, did we already say all the information about it? 
You got that right. Film introduction. Let's talk about that. <laughs> it was released December 18th, 1998. The synopsis is uh, a book superstore. What is that word? Magnate? What's that? Yeah, magnate, like a big businessman or oh. business businesswoman or a person. Or... That's an old word. Joe Fox, an independent bookshop owner, Kathleen Kelly, fall in love. Wow, what a spoiler. In the end... Oh, never mind. Never mind. Fall in love in the Oh, gosh. Anonymity of the internet, both blissfully unaware that he's trying to put her out of business. Directed by Nora Ephron, Ephron, written by both Nora and Delia Ephron, sisters, composed by George Fenton, cinematography by John Lindley, edited by Richard Marks, the big actors Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Dave Chappelle, and budgeted for $65 million. Box office earnings were $250.8 million. I think at the time that I announced it last episode, it was available on Max, but I'm pretty sure you can only rent or buy it now. So Had to rent it. Bummer. Too bad. Hopefully you watched it but uh when it was still streaming somewhere uh okay now big t what do you think about the film it was cute it's yeah cute. i feel like for a rom-com in the 80s like it was cute i think one thing that i really liked about this movie 80s 90s sorry 98 right yeah, 98 almost the 2000s <laughs> almost the yeah, yeah. sorry i meant i meant 90s <laughs> um yeah. I love all of like the really random subplots that like don't yeah. go anywhere, but they're just like out of the blue. Like the the mother-in-law or the dad's girlfriend like feeling feeling Joe up and like her leaving <laughs> yeah. with the nanny. Like it's yeah, that so was unnecessary. Weird. I love it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean for a rom-com like, you know, it's a solid rom-com. Okay. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. What's your favorite rom-com? Do you have one? Uh, I, there's so many. here's the thing. I just feel like it really depends. I feel like the, uh, it's complicated and something's got to give are the ones that I probably watch the most. Hmm. Um, I don't know either. Cause I, I really love don't Meryl Streep yeah. and I love Diane Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll usually watch a rom-com. I don't, they're not like my favorite genre, but right. You know, yeah, yeah. If I need like something feel good. Yeah, sure. If it's on. You'll definitely keep watching it, maybe. I don't know. I'm, yeah, you know, if I need just like a feel good movie and there's nothing else to watch, you know? That's true. I'm not I'm not usually reaching out for the uh the rom coms. But this one this one, oh man, I love it. So a little bit of backstory on this one for me. I used to go and visit my brother who lived in Portland and also Moses Lake. Maybe he was they were at Moses Lake at the time. But um his daughter was obsessed with this film she was like two or three and watched it multiple times a day every single day for like a year basically and so they just had this movie on constantly and so a lot of times when i visited them we would be watching this film like three times a day and um i think i asked them i was i was asking like why, why did your daughter why did my niece you know love this movie so much do you think and he's just like i don't think that she really cared about anything that was going on it was just the music i think she was just mm. listening to the music and it was just happy and upbeat and changing constantly so it was just fun you know it was like really happy feelings and so you know she didn't care about the visuals because kids these days like 
they need like a lot of visuals and there's not like a ton of i mean there's a lot of fun little things i mean there's a magical and charming quality to this movie for sure so i could see that but you know what i mean like it's it's not super bright and colorful necessarily by today's standards everything's like the most bright and colorful stuff or whatever i i can't think of what i'm saying like trolls for example like there's Mm -hmm. every color is in there. that's exactly what i thought of when you said bright and colorful is trolls Uh, right so this movie to resonate with like a kid is a little odd right but um that that really does make sense like the music is just it's just happy most of the time even when it's supposed to be sad there's some really charm like this charming quality to it as well it just kind of makes it feel a little more upbeat than it's supposed to um Mm. But because of watching the movie so so much, there's just like so many little things that I just really loved to like see over and over again. You know, like I would get excited to see the like the like some cute thing that Meg Ryan was doing or whatever, or the way that Tom Hanks delivered a specific line. It was like, oh, I can't wait. Like specifically, I wrote it down like the the line where it's like, I was eloquent. Shit. Like that's just it makes me laugh so much because like that's like. <laughs> That's where it's like the exact opposite of like eloquent, you know what I mean? So it's just yeah. like really funny when that pops up. And then when Meg Ryan, like, um, or Kathleen, when she gets stood up and everyone is coming into the shop and each one of them is like, how'd it go? And it's like, oh, well, he wasn't able to show up. He stood you up. And each time, like, her reactions, it gets a little bit more like exaggerated. And by the time Birdie comes in, it's like, he stood you up. And then she just like, I can't, I don't know how to explain it over like a podcast, like in, in a vocal form, but um, like just the way that she just pulls away and just looks so disappointed and it's so exaggerated. Like, <laughs> like that was the final nail in the coffin. It was, it was, she couldn't make up any more excuses anymore. He just stood her up, you know? So yeah. there's just so many little things that I just love about this film. And, and every time you watch it, you can find something else that you love to look forward to the next time you watch it, you know? And uh, that's why I think it's a masterful film. And that's why it's my favorite rom-com there's 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 I'm, there's so many apparently that i don't know but there's also yeah. other ones that i really love but this one just tops them all for me i was gonna ask you what other rom-coms have you watched well like i'm thinking of uh uh hold on let me let me leatherheads <laughs> that's not a rom-com i don't think that's a rom-com i haven't seen that movie in a long time um ah uh, Shoot, you just like totally threw me off. I was like on a line of thought in my head, and then you just like derailed it hardcore. Um, Painful eight. <laughs> yeah, what a rom com. <laughs> the love story between what's her face and the the guy who has her chained up. Um, dude, actually no, it's really the sheriff in Hateful Eight. It's the sheriff and the and, <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson's character. They fall in love by the end of the film. Um, you dude, you're totally derailing. Like I cannot get back on track now. I'm so off of. What's well, it's a Matthew McConaughey film? How to lose a guy uh, in seven days, days or ten days? How to lose a guy in ten days? Yeah, yeah. Failure uh, to launch. Failure to launch is a good one too. Um, but the how to lose a guy, whatever that that one. How I to really, lose a guy in ten days is good. Yeah, even like the wedding planner. The wedding singer is a really good one. That's a fifty first fifty dates. first dates. Um. Adam Sandler's got some really good rom-coms, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fever Pitch. Uh, Fever Pitch is... I haven't seen that in forever, but that's a really good one, too. Um, and then 10 Things I Hate About You. That's probably my second favorite. That's actually tied for first. I don't. I think I've said it before. I don't know if that movie could get made today, but I love I love that movie. I think it's hilarious. It's based off Shakespeare, too, isn't it? Sure. I don't know. Yeah, that was like part of the genre of like 
teen movies in like the 90s and early aughts that were based off of like old works of like literature like Shakespeare oh, okay. or whatever. Yeah. So what I think that one, one is on? I think it's Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> okay. Cuz that's where she can't like go to prom or whatever unless her sister goes or something. Yeah, yeah. Or no. Yeah, right. that's Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. That's cool. And then you have like Cruel Intentions which is it's not Shakespeare but it's based off of um another like old I can't remember what it's called, but this movie actually you've got mail is based off of an old story. Yeah, shop around the corner and then something no, even no, no. older than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like La Perfumerie or something like that. Yeah, yeah, super old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were saying something about that last time that we were talking. I was like, oh, very interesting. And yeah, I was watching some. It was like DVD extras. There's a YouTube channel, and I was watching that. Did you watch that at all? Yeah. So um, they were just kind of talking about that, and one of the there's like part one and part two and the first part was just talking about all of these old just kind of like romance movie like uh uh duos you know like judy garland and uh mickey rooney i guess i had no idea that they were like a a huge romance like uh duo for like movies and stuff but they did a lot of stuff judy garland she was the one that was in wizard of oz she was dorothy um yeah but um so that was really cool to see and then yeah obviously i think the the biggest inspiration for nora efren and 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 delia efren uh was the shop around the corner that and and then also the play i can't remember like she really loves me i think is what it's called the musical or something or play i can't remember but like they really they watched the crap out of those i guess and and really love those so um kind of i'm sort of curious because i do love this movie very much i'm sort of curious to watch the shop around the corner and see which is more about letters and sending letters to like a pen pal or whatever, right? So yeah, um, that'd be interesting to see the differences. And there's like a little bit of a uh, like an Easter egg or like a kind of a call. It's like kind of calling out that thing where the old, the the oldest fox like father or whatever is like, oh, I was in love with her or whatever, and like, you know, I send letters yeah. or something like that, and it was like, ah, so that was a cool little, you know, callback yeah. to that. So. Anyway, I've been yeah, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan have great chemistry too on screen chemistry. Yeah, I know they really do. I think yeah, that really works when you're doing mm-hmm. like a a rom com or some kind of romance movie. I think that's super important, and they really yeah they really got that. And we talked about Sleepless in Seattle too, which they had done a few years before that, and uh, I think by the same the same director as well. So like they just all kind of reunited for the same thing. They 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 played partner fire and critique and they partnered up for sure <laughs> um yeah. yeah anyway so many good things to 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 talk about with this film where would you like to take the conversation next um you lead since it's your choice i'll oh. follow okay um well i wanted to i think i wanted to talk about i mean there's like a few there's a few themes and a few lines that really jump out to me um but one one line that really jumped out to me that I I kind of wanted to just see where the conversation would take us with this is uh I think Kathleen is sending an, uh, a message an email to uh Joe and she's talking about how like she's kind of wondering like if she really matters or whatever and like she's questioning her value like just kind of in the world or like in her place in society and um one of the lines that she said was valuable like I'm valuable but small, you know. And I just wanted to see. And she's kind of talking about the value that 
Joe Fox has, like, you know, he's like, I guess monetarily he's, he's valuable and all that stuff. So I think she's kind of questioning herself. But what did you think about the, the, the line valuable but small? Because to me, it's, it's kind of like the place where I would like to be. You know what I mean? Like, like if, if I'm going to have value in this world, I'd rather have it, have value to like a closed kind of group of people in a way, I guess, that, um, I'm more intimate with. And to me that kind of, I mean, it'd be cool, I guess, like if the show like blew up or whatever, for example, that would be cool. But honestly, like that's not going to stick for me. What's going to stick for me is like the value that my family members have. Like I would, Mm -hmm. I would be devastated if I, you know, messed up super bad for some reason or whatever. And then I, you know, had less value or like they couldn't talk to me anymore or whatever. Like to me, it's far more important to, to keep those intimate relationships. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I really like that sentiment because I think that um, a lot of people think that you have to like change the world to change the world. But yeah, right. I think that like you can have a lot of meaning to a small group of people or a small community even. And that's just as valuable as other things. And I would even say it's probably more valuable in some extent because like you said, you do have that depth of relationship. Um and you can't really sustain a global impact um, like long term right. in a way that I mean, that I would argue is very like beneficial or sustainable. You know, you can't have global impact sustainably. Um, but like, in, I mean, I don't want to go on a whole tangent, but I will. Um, like this is the whole component of like mutual aid, which is like it's local community giving to taking care of your neighbors, you know, yeah, sure. like there's this idea that like, you know, big charities and philanthropist like philanthropists will solve all these world problems. But mutual aid is this idea of like, no neighbors take care of neighbors. You build a community with people that live around you that, you know, share communal spaces with you. I right. mean, um, that's really how you make lasting sustainable changes because you are like connecting with the people in your immediate vicinity, you know? Yeah. To me, that's, that's super valuable. It, it also, what you were talking about kind of reminds me of a later, uh, kind of thing that happens in the film where Tom Hanks is talking to, I think she's, yeah, Meg Ryan. So Kathleen is, is sick. And then Joe is just kind of like, Oh, like it wasn't personal. It was business. And then she's mm-hmm. like, I'm so tired of people saying that. Like, it just means it wasn't personal to you, but it was personal to me. And I think that yeah. like, just, tying it in with like the valuable but small kind of thing and and you know those kind of closed groups or whatever like that that was the idea of the shop around the corner everything's personal you're getting personal with everyone around you and it is not a bad thing it's not a bad thing and it's a it's a community driven thing too like it's not a community if it's not personal right so and uh and she says another line too it's just like like things should start with personal or or i can't remember what it was whatever it is it ought to begin with being personal and uh she's just like it doesn't matter what kind of relationship or or what kind of conversation you have with someone or whatever you know some some kind of interaction that you have with someone it it ought to begin with personal and and so tying all that in i think that really it really is like a very important thing and in, in this day and age oh I hate saying that. I don't know why. There's a, there's a, means they're getting old. There's a college teacher that had a huge bone to pick with that phrase too. And I've, 
try to avoid it <laughs> for some reason. Like it just kind of stuck with me. It's like, That's oh, funny. people do just say that for just the sake of saying it because everyone is. Anyway, um, but everything's just getting less and less personal, especially what's funny with this film is like this is kind of the beginning of like online internet culture yeah, and stuff like that. That's the ironic thing is that it was yeah. very like foreshadowing of yeah the future exactly and nowadays it's just nothing's personal and because yeah it's it, there's there's a whole wall that's in between you and whoever you're interacting with online you feel like you could say whatever you want now mm-hmm. in this film it kind of explores that in a different sure. sense because they don't know each other they feel like they can say whatever they want and actually voice their opinions whereas the people that they're with in a personal man, in an intimate way, uh, you know, their 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 partners, they don't feel like they could say all those things because they're afraid of hurting the other person's feelings or afraid of the the mm. aftermath of what might happen, the backlash. I don't know. And so, in a way, like it, it's freeing and that's nice. But in another way, because it's so impersonal, it could it could be really troubling too, which is a very interesting concept to play with um, in this film. That I'm not even sure if they were really aware that they were doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like this movie is, um, like, very, like, prescient. Like, it's very predictive of the future, you know? Because, yeah, it's like the late 90s. The internet is, like, sort of a thing, but it's not widespread, really. Yeah. Um, You have, like, big corporate conglomerates that exist, but not to the extent that they do nowadays, you know? Um, And, like, there's even that part when George talks about his, like, rent, and he's, like, a six-bedroom for $450 a month or whatever, like... Or they're talking about Starbucks, and he's like, you can get a coffee for $275, and I'm like, damn! Yeah, what is it, like, 10 (laughs) bucks a coffee now? I don't even know. Yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) But it is very, like... uh, it really, I think, is interesting to see how they explore these themes that are very, very present in our lives nowadays. Um, yeah. Like you said, this idea of the internet and how it affects our interpersonal relationships and how it affects our identities, um, which we can go into a little bit more later. And then right. also, I think it's, I mean, I don't know, I think Amazon was probably at some stage of development at this point, but not nearly the presence that it has now. Sure. But like Amazon is the world's largest bookseller. Yeah. Um, and you have Fox Books, which is like this faceless corporation that's like undercutting all the local businesses and selling books cheaper and discounted to like run people out of business or whatever. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, you do have this really big push today, um, like against all of these conglomerates, like six companies own like 95% of all of the like companies in the world, you know, or whatever. Um, and so there's like, uh, just, yeah, a lot of really interesting themes about the modern world that I don't know if the directors or if, like, the writers were intending to explore these, but <laughs> right. they're very relevant in today's age. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You know what? That reminds me of the later scene when uh, the bookstore is getting, the shop around the corner is closing. And <laughs> I don't know. It's It's, for some reason, like, it ticks me off because, like, there's these people that are like, oh, I remember this and that, like from back in the day, and oh, it's just so sad. And it's like, you guys are the cause of this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. really? Like, it's Fox Books, sure, but 
Well, no, it's not. I I would I would probably say it's really more the customers. Like Fox Books yeah. is giving you a good reason to go shop there, but you're choosing to go shop there instead. And yeah. they do a great job at selling it. There's we're selling cappuccinos and blah blah blah, right? Yeah. So it's like a really good job. They're definitely going into the minds of just society in general or whatever and they know what people are going to follow and like adhere to i guess but it's it's really the people and it, and for some reason that just that part ticked me off it's like even though it's such a personal thing and it's such an intimate thing with this little shop and they have all of these very personal memories tied to this shop it still wasn't enough because the discount's mm-hmm. more important and when they do and they finally show up sad. and they pretend to be sad but when they do finally show up and show their support it's when they have 40% discounts across the whole yeah. store which is yeah, hilarious they're closing it, right yeah or even that scene when the author is like oh i was so worried about you yeah. like i'll do anything you need me to do and then it like you know later in the movie it's her doing a book signing or whatever or a reading at fox book you right know? and it's like i think it's very much a commentary on like putting your money where your mouth is you know like yeah that also speaks to the personal for you kind of thing because it's personal for megan meg ryan um megan i don't even know what's Kathleen. Um, It's very personal for Kathleen because everyone's abandoning her that said that they wouldn't, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Or at least the store. Maybe not necessarily her. But, well, I guess that makes it less personal. But in a way, for the author who's doing the book signing, it's personal for her because she's trying to get her book bought. You know, <laughs> because yeah, there's a bigger audience at Fox. There's a bigger audience at Fox, so that's so it's a financial decision for her. It is a financial, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, it's business, right? It is like it's yeah, well, yeah but it's personal. But it is personal. Whoa, there's a lot yeah. going on there. <laughs> no, I mean, that's I think the whole point of the Kathleen's whole point, right? Yeah. Is like your people aren't doing these things to be mean. Right, they're doing these things because they financially benefit the individual but you can't just disregard the emotional impact that you have on someone else by saying oh it's not personal it's business like that doesn't mean that you're um free of the consequences of your choices like that doesn't give you you know that doesn't um i i can't think of the word it's late and i'm tired but (laughs) like uh you you don't get to just walk away from does that decision like you need to sit with the fact that because you as customers or whatever chose to patron um fox books this other bookstore that you said you love is now out of business you know and then you also have to explore like okay well what do small businesses have a purpose in a global world you know and some people will say no and some people will say yes and right yeah it's interesting it it kind of makes me think Cause like Fox Books, like it's not soulless on the inside. They do a really good job dressing it up to make it look magical in a way. You know, it's sparkling. Yeah. It's got fun little kid it's areas. Fancy. It's fancy. Uh, it's actually really. It's actually a really nice place. You know, to be and and what Tom Hanks says. Um, in the middle when he's talking about how he's eloquent and all that stuff. It's a place where you could read for hours and hours and no one's going to bother you and stuff like that. That is a good selling point. That is something that you'd probably want Except wanna... people will bother you. Oh, yeah, sure. They <laughs> to will... buy stuff, you know. <laughs> That's true. But um, I, I, I kind of wonder what you think about when Kathleen goes into Fox Books after 
pretty much deciding to close down the store, I think, or maybe she had just closed it, but she goes into Fox books and kind of looks around. What do you think she was feeling in that moment? Like, was she kind of looking at it and it's like, Oh, this is really nice actually. Or do you think she was just like, man, I can't believe like the, the age of, you know, cute little shops or whatever is just going away. This is such a shame. Yeah, I mean, it was probably both, right? She probably loves being surrounded by the books and seeing people excited about books, but She's also probably sad that like, yeah, this is the future. It's this big, faceless, impersonal shopping experience where no one actually knows anything about books. You don't know your customers, so you don't know what you can recommend. Like, it is all about it becoming very impersonal for her. That's true. That does. Yeah, that's I wasn't even thinking about that. The whole interaction with that, that clerk or whatever and the the customer. And he has no idea what's going on with any of the books because there's probably so many to keep track of. He has no idea. And he's. I mean, number one, he's a kid, so he's not going to know all the books. And so he doesn't have the experience that Kathleen has. But number number two, like, Which, he's probably not going to bother to learn either. That guy is Chris Messina. Do you know? He's, like, pretty famous now. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the store clerk is Chris Messina. He's in Mindy Project and Sharp Objects. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. What? What's also really funny is Sarah Ramirez is in this too. A young Sarah Ramirez from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I remember seeing her a long time ago. I was just like, no way she's in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because she looks old, I feel like. Really? In, in the movie? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because she's old. playing like a tired grocery store clerk. Yeah. But I feel like she does not look nearly as young as I would expect her to look right for how old she is in real life you know let me ask you what you thought about that scene did you think that Tom Hanks was coming off as charming or was he a little aggressive (laughs) yeah I mean I think he was like uh, here's the thing with rom-coms for me not aggressive sorry condescending let me change it to that you keep a majority of the time the men in rom-coms are like this would never work in real life like this would not be charming if you didn't have like the background music and like kind of the insight into the characters like this would just be really condescending or like rude or creepy you know yeah so i think in real life it would be condescending but yeah like it's obviously trying to sort of play it off as like this cute thing that's also kind of annoying but i just feel like he's I, to me, it comes across as condescending. Yeah, exactly, dude. I, I, this is like these last couple of watch throughs. It was the first time that I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's really rude. Zip, zip. There you go. I'm like, whoa, dude. <laughs> like, calm <Yeah>. down. <laughs> like, the joke was fine. Maybe it, I don't think she would have been like, you know, charmed by it. But, but the zip, zip thing, I would have been like, oh, never mind. You are going to the back of the line now. <laughs> this machine's actually broken. Yeah. I do think that her reaction, like, like, I don't think the what was supposed to be charming really holds up anymore. But yeah. she, she acts charmed and all that stuff. And then once um, Kathleen starts talking again, like, she just, her face immediately goes back down to, like, you suck. <laughs> I thought that was really yeah. funny. She's like, you're the worst. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to get your take on that because I wasn't sure if just like I ha- I had a hunch that you probably thought yeah. that that was condescending as well. But um, yeah. I don't know how you could watch that and not be or not take it as condescending. Yeah. But I mean, I, I agree with you, though. I think that this movie very much has some very interesting themes that are even more relevant nowadays. And I we're, you're seeing this a lot where people are saying, like, 
yeah, you know, you probably shouldn't buy things on Amazon or like a lot of things that you buy online right. aren't ethically produced. And like you should, uh, you know, like farm to table, like you should know where your produce is coming from. You should know where your food is coming from. You should like buy from small stores that are locally sourced. Like we do see this resurgence here, but then underpinning all of that is like, okay, but it's cheaper to buy stuff on Amazon. It's cheaper to buy stuff at bulk stores. It's cheaper to buy stuff at chains, you know, where yeah. they can undercut a lot of the local businesses. So well, it's not just, you, it's, it's not just, it's cheaper for customers to shop there. It's also like if like selling books specifically, it's really easy and accessible, like to booksellers to just get on there and try to sell a book on Amazon. So it's just like, they make it yeah, easy for, for sure. both parties for sellers and, and you have buyers. A, yeah. It's, you know, the same action for a way larger audience. So right. it's understandable. Like there is this yeah. complexity to it, but then you're feeding a machine that is not great <laughs> dude going into that this is a little side tangent but i think it's so hilarious when because like people are like <laughs> i don't even know if i should really be getting into this but like people are like oh twitter twitter sucks elon musk ugh, billionaires blah 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 and then mark zuckerberg comes out with threads and all these people that hate elon musk are like oh yeah threads threads is the best threads is way better than twitter yeah. or x now i guess and i'm just like <laughs> You just traded one billionaire for the next billionaire. I don't understand what. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but whatever. I guess it's fine. Like maybe you just agree with one more than the other, but it's still like. No, I think it's like people <laughs> like to like divide into camps, but there are no ethical billionaires. So I just thought it was funny. Anyway, that's a little side tangent. Um, hey, I want to talk about uh, just like the like what would yeah okay so let me let me frame it this way. Let me ask you this question. What would you say is the typical formula or layout of a rom-com? Yeah, so this is one of the things I wrote down was yeah. like, this movie did not go where I was expecting it to go. Right. Like, um, I feel like the typical thing, I, it depends on the format, but if it's like yeah. an enemies to lovers, like it is in this one, it's like you have two people, they really don't like each other. They like keep on having interactions where they slowly start to like fall for each other. And then like right before one of them is going to claim, exclaim their love, like something happens and they like break apart. And then like their personal life falls apart where their friends and their family abandon them. Yeah. And then when they're at the lowest, like they reunite with the person because somebody apologizes or puts a boom box above their head or whatever, you know, and then they yeah. like reunite and they fall in love and they're happily ever after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like every rom-com is just like they yeah, they the relationship forms and it keeps uh mm -hmm. building and building and building and then yeah, everything falls apart cuz someone was lying about something or whatever the hell. Yeah, and there's then, some miscommunication. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they yeah, and then there's like about what f 10 minutes where they're trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to like be without them and then they realize wait they are the one for me and then they get back yeah. together and, and everything's they chase them down in traffic or they run them <laughs> run to yeah. them in the airport yeah or... like how to lose a guy in 10 days he has there's like a whole chase scene or something i don't even know he's like yeah. trying to get to the taxi or something um yeah whereas like this film right it's like they hate each other the whole time, except for like the last 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And they become friends before they become yeah. lovers too. Yeah, yeah. You know, which, okay. What? <laughs> Joe is so gaslighty. Like, <laughs> yeah, go on. I would be, I would be livid if I was Kathleen. Right. And this man has known for weeks, maybe months that he is the secret 
person that I've been communicating with. And instead of being upfront about it and being like, hey, this is a situation. I really like you. He like gaslights her (laughs) into like, oh, he's he must be married. He must be really ugly or he must. Yeah. Like he's so (laughs) gaslighty about it. And then it it like which I understand it's the 90s and it's like just the thing that happened, you know, but it's just like. I would be very mad if I went through all of this with this person who I hated and then I became friends with. And then as I was friends, he was essentially lying to me the whole entire time. I can like, understand that's it, not though. cute to me. I, I, I would say that I can understand it just a tad, okay? Because men... I get it. I get it. Men, like, or maybe not men. I'm not going to speak for everyone or whatever. But for me, I would, I would be terrified if I was him because I would be like, shoot, this is... Like, it took me a little bit, even though she's kind of, she's a pill, right? That's what he says. Like, even though she's been a pill for a long time, like, I know that that isn't really the version that she wants to be. And I know the version that she is, you know, like her true self online or whatever, when she doesn't have any barriers, except for the one that she's putting in front of herself so she can be herself. Like, I know the person that she is, like, on the inside, but I... I'm terrified to make a move because she hates me and I put her out of business. This is bad. This is really like I, I have everything working against me. I got to try to figure out a way to turn the situation <laughs> around. Yes, but that's so manipulative. Though. It's manipulative, but it's also she she could still come to the decision on her own to be like, that's really manipulative. That's not cool. I don't yes, know. I feel like in real life. Unless it's a very specific type of person who, like, thinks that it's kind of, like, funny or whatever. Yeah. I feel like in real life, if you were, like, you have been lying for me to me for months about who you are and who this person is and, like, the fact that you know. Like, I just feel like most people would be, like, I would have much rather appreciated, like, an honest conversation yeah. about this. Yeah. That's, I mean, but, yeah, I agree. I agree, but I also see it works why for the movie. I see why yeah. like he would be terrified. You know what I mean? Like in his mind, I get like, that he's terrified, but that doesn't mean yeah. you gaslight someone. No, for I know, <laughs> I know. I, it doesn't. It doesn't seem as terrible to me because Kathleen isn't a stupid character, and she's not like she's not yeah. in a terrible relationship. She's not in something where she's like suffering all the time and whatever. You know, where she's super vulnerable or whatever. She's just like she's really smart, and uh, and so it's like. To me, well, there's some moments where I'm wondering if she just kind of like thinks like, oh, I wonder if he is, you know, uh, whatever the, what's the other NY1252? 152, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he is. Because there's some moments where I think she like tries to piece it together, but at the same time, she's like, that's not possible. And so- yeah, what are um, the chances? But I think that we she live just, in the same neighborhood. I think, that we run into each other all the time. I, that you put me out of business. Yeah. And, and I think- I think that she kind of just like tries to shoo it away because, or like shoo off the possibility of it, uh, or like she kind of knows, you know, like at her at her core, I think she kind of yeah, knows. She said she, I was hoping it was you. Yeah, right. And so it's like she's letting it happen. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to make this a happy, <laughs> all the way around movie for myself. So you're telling me she gatless gaslit herself? Yeah. She let him. She let him. She was manipulating him. What are you talking about, Big T? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it works for the movie. Like, obviously, yeah, sure. you're not supposed to take it seriously, but I'm just like, I would not appreciate this. Hey, and. <laughs> this probably isn't even really a good argument. But if you think it's just like, 
oh, this is gross man stuff or whatever. This movie was written and directed by women. So <laughs> I don't, this is their idea of romantic back in the day, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it worked for them. I don't know. 90s romance. 90s romance is very different, I suppose. Yeah. But I just think the format's really cool. We totally got off on something else or whatever. But I think the format's really cool because they really don't like each other for the majority of the film. And he knows. And he figures it out. And uh, instead of... You know, because usually what happens... Usually what happens, like, if someone is lying the whole time about something, right? Like, thinking about... um, 10 days to lose a guy or whatever um both of them are lying to the other person because one person's trying to write an article about this the other one's yeah. trying to win a bet or something like that so they're both lying and then one of them finds out and then it ends up you know blowing up or whatever but this yeah. one is just like one person finds out and it's like oh shoot and then and then it just kind of keeps progressing and it's just interesting i think it's far more i think that's why this movie works for me a lot because it's just yeah. like it's breaking it's from the norm. Yeah, exactly. It's it's making its own way. And obviously it's based off of old stuff, so it's it's really following the pattern of some other stuff, but to me it's from my limited capacity of like watching rom-coms and all that stuff like or my limited uh knowledge um experience. This is just really fresh to me based off of all the other things that I've seen. And they're all great, but this one just it's a little bit a little bit higher up on the the tier list, I guess. As it were. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's kind of fun that it deviates from the expectations of a typical rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything to say about the music at all? Um, I don't have anything to say except for I really like the music. Yeah. They had, I mean, there's a lot it's of, fun. there's a good playlist in there and then there's some fun, playful, like composed yeah. work as well. I did notice, it took me a long time to finally notice and I've never noticed this before after like a hundred times of watching this film. Like, you can hear like the clickety clacking of of like keyboards in the in the percussion oh, a little bit. So at least in I some love parts. that sound. So yeah, well it depends. Some are some are pretty ugly. Do you have a mechanical keyboard? Mm, no. It's like different. So mechanical keyboards like are really customizable, and you can like change like the way that it sounds and stuff. No, I just use like your general keyboard. Oh okay. Well, there's um, there's like different types of sounds that are associated. Like, do you want your keyboard? keyboard to sound like a thock sound or a th- or a thick sound or like, thunk or, or thunk, yeah. yeah exactly thock thock yeah is i've the seen that when some i saw someone replace all of theirs with rubber ducky buttons oh my god it was like quack, 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 quack. that's terrible dude <laughs> that's hilarious wow i can't even imagine how big was the keyboard dude well i mean they were like little tiny oh. rubber duckies <laughs> okay. but... did they even have letters on them <laughs> i don't know probably not but um i do love the sound of a good keyboard mm. yeah it's so nice. And then, yeah, and they, they kind of sneak it into the soundtrack, which I thought was really that's cool. That's cool. I didn't realize that, but that's cool. And then the opening song was pretty cool because it's talking about, it's, I don't know if you p- paid attention to the lyrics. I didn't write them all down or anything, but it's just kind of loosely talking about the dream of, of you know, a love that someone wants to have or whatever. And I don't think that it's it's materialized yet, but he's like, this, at least the musician is singing and just kind of talking about how, he wishes like what it would be and what it could be and what they could be together yeah. and all that stuff, which is obviously just kind of like the overall thing going on with their relationship. And especially at the end when he kind of, when, when Joe, like before Kathleen is going to go off to meet NY152 and Joe's just kind of like, like I kind of, like I, sometimes I wonder like what it would be like if I wasn't Joe Fox and you weren't shop around the corner and, 
you know, we would be doing this and we would never argue about movies and blah, blah, blah. And so I just thought that was cool to have a song at the beginning that just kind of ties in um, to that and foreshadowing it in a way. No, I I agree. Um, One other thing I really liked about this movie that I wasn't expecting to be so deep, and you kind of have touched on this already, is like the... I mean, I think a lot of us would agree that the internet is like a very toxic place. Yeah. Um, but also like the sense of vulnerability that that anonymity allows for, you know, and I right. think particularly in regards to like men in society, because um, obviously you see throughout the movie that Joe is like, there's two very distinct sides of Joe. There's yeah. like the side of him that with his family, who's like cutthroat, kind of misogynistic, like very much... Um, like just disregards other people's feelings. Like you see that in his father and his grandfather, right? right. Like just two gross old men pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then you see the side of him with his, uh, the kids. I mean, technically his aunt and his brother. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, and then with Kathleen online where he's like very sweet and very like, um, understanding and very empathetic. And I think it's just a really interesting commentary on, um, like, socialization as it regards like men in the world like joe in this anonymous world where he doesn't have any um, external expectations placed on him he's able to be this very sweet and kind and sensitive and Mm. thoughtful person and then in the real world where he has all of these relations foisted on him and where he has all of these expectations and um, external pressures like he sort of folds and transforms into this person who he doesn't think he is at heart um, but that he's the world is kind of expecting him to be. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that that was really interesting that we see that a lot with, I mean, this is the whole idea of like toxic masculinity, right? Is that like um, men are socialized and society has expectations towards men that um, create very toxic behavior where, you know, you are super competitive and you don't care about the harm that you do to others. And you're only in pursuit of your own pleasure and your own wealth or whatever it may be. Um, and I just really like that we see this idea of like vulnerability in the like the lead male here, the lead actor. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just I thought that that distinction was really interesting. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a parallel between him and it's weird. But I love Batman so much, so this is why there's a parallel. <laughs> um, like there's kind of the whole Bruce Wayne Batman thing, and uh, people have been talking about like a a lot more over the years. Is like Bruce Wayne is is the mask and Batman is like his true self or whatever right like that's what a lot of people are saying and um and then that's obviously true in a lot of the films and 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 comics I'm sure because he's pretending to be like this guy that doesn't really care about anything he's got billions of dollars whatever it's all business and I feel like there's it's not quite the same because I think Tom Hanks or Joe falls into the trap a lot more where maybe he's trying really hard to like please his you know parents or his his dad and his his grandfather or something like that but i feel like Mm -hmm. he does kind of put on the bruce wayne mask for them and um oh for sure and 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 really the the batman version of him like the more romantic version or the the version that he wants to be or whatever um is with kathleen when he's online right um and so like you see it a few times in the film he doesn't want to be like that guy and he doesn't like the impersonal nature to them because really i I mean you see it from the very beginning especially with joe's aunt and brother (laughs) they 
Like he tries to give them a really fun day, very personal day. You know what I mean? Like he's taking them out and creating memories and experiences with them, taking them to the the shop around the corner at the beginning, going to the um, the little book reading and all that stuff, and getting them books and and playing games and being there for them. You know, in a way that not even their own parents are. Like they don't even care enough to yeah go do stuff like that they're just with the nanny all the time so it's probably a real treat for them to go hang out with joe you know um and so i mean in reality that really is his his true self and i wrote down a a few times and there's there's just really joe and kathleen are the only two great examples of this in the film is they are people that care about the little things and when they talk they talk about the little things new york in the fall and this and that and coffee and um, making decision makers twirling with your mom twirling with your mom like all these very small intimate like tiny little things but it's very consequential for them whereas everyone else around them even maybe more um, like ethical characters I guess you could say like they they don't even care about the little things like you could talk about Frank right which is Kathleen's partner for, for the majority of the film he is so he, he and Patricia, actually, Joe's partner for the majority of the film, are both very um, wrapped up in their own lives and what they care about. And anything, I mean, Frank, less so, but they're, they're, it always does tie back to what he likes, you know? Like when Kathleen is going on about, like, I can't remember what she's talking about, but she's in the house and she's getting really upset about um, Joe Fox and all that stuff. And then she's trying to like share her feelings and then frank just like cuts her off and says you are a lone reed and then he goes to his typewriter and starts writing this beautiful piece or whatever because that's like the only way like he has to make it about stuff that he cares about he has to tie it into what he cares about otherwise it doesn't matter as much to him um Mm -hmm. that's what it seems like anyway and so like uh joe although there is like another side of like a cutthroat side. It's not a side that he likes or really tries to be. He's only that way when he's, well, he is that way with Kathleen sometimes too, but I think he's making it less personal because, uh, he's really looking at her as shop around the corner in the parts that yeah. he's maybe more mean to her, but yeah, it's like an identity that's being forced on him by yeah his family, by society, by his company. Like, yeah. And I, I love the idea that um, men have to create an entire alter ego just to, like, express their true emotions, you know? Right. Bruce yeah, Wayne sure. has to create Batman in order to be, like, <laughs> the true Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And Joe Fox has to create NY152 in order yeah. to, like, be his true self, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I say that jokingly, but also, like, it, it is true that a lot of times, like, um, part like of toxic masculinity is that like men are socialized to like show no emotions except for anger, you know? Mm. Um, And so like, there's this idea that for Joe Fox, there's this person about who of there's this person who he is intrinsically, right? The person NY152. And then there is this Joe Fox that he has to be for his father and his grandfather, you know? And you see that moment when they're in the on the boat with his dad, when Joe's on the boat with his dad and his dad's like talking about, oh, I need to find the next like person. My wife, my girlfriend just left me like and you see it click for Joe. He's like, oh, I don't I don't want this. I don't want to be this like, you know, 60 year old who's like chasing 
the next woman in my life who's going to leave me uh, at any turn of events who's only getting married because it's like the convenient thing or the expected like he doesn't want to live his life in this formulaic sort of scripted way and that's kind of what helps him break out from that is sort of seeing his father just like living this life that he's like oh my god this is going to be me in 20 30 years if i don't make the different decision yeah and he immediately you know goes and gets goes the on flowers. the gaslight kathleen hey hey hey, for hey. three months it's cute <laughs> it's cute <laughs> no yeah and he, he wants he decides that he's gonna make a change right there he's like he's yeah he's yeah I, i'm not gonna be that and it, what's what's really sad is how it yeah kind of going back to this idea of like it wasn't just because it wasn't personal for you doesn't mean it wasn't personal for me. Like mm-hmm. in this in this small way, um, Joe's dad, like none of his relationships were personal to him because he doesn't remember like what they were. You know, like that they were the nanny for him for like, all the different times or whatever for Joe. And um, but Joe remembers. Joe knows. Like he had, you could tell. It was personal. It, yeah, and you could tell he. You know, he grew up with them, probably, really. You know, nanny. Yeah, it should have been his, like, mom or his mother figure. Exactly. So he knows. He remembers. And it's it's always been personal to him. And he's always grown up in this just ridiculously impersonal family. And because that's all he's ever known, that's probably why he ended up with Patricia. You know, it's just just something that was there because... Convenient. They both worked in books. And and it, yeah, it just made sense, right? Like, it was just a logical... Yeah. ...route. Um... And then he's just like, why, why, why am I, why am I sticking with these impersonal douchebags? <laughs> like, why am I sticking with this lifestyle? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep going on with this. And and then he makes a change right there. I I think that says a lot about Joe. Ga- sure, guys, sure. Li- gaslighting Joe or not, I think it's better. It's kind of at least he was in touch with his emotions before he gaslit her. That's the thing. Like, that's another reason why the whole gaslighting thing I think is it's not good, but like it's understandable because. He's really he's really only had to approach anything from like a business point of view. And yeah. so like he's doing the best with what he's got cuz it's like all he's ever known and all he's ever it's grown up with. It's the only tool he has. It's the only tool he has. It's like okay, well I yeah. can I know how to make things look good, you know? I know how to I got to just sell myself. I got to work the situation. Yeah, I got to add the cappuccino to Joe and I got to add the <laughs> the good phrasing and the nooks and all that stuff to Joe and then she'll see. Yeah. Like in his mind, it's just like she's already in love with NY152. I need to make sure that she's in love with Joe so that when she realizes that Joe's NY152, she won't be disappointed. Yeah. So he's, no, he's no, approaching no. it from that. a very I logical. <laughs> I get it. It's Why am I defending like... this guy so much? I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I think for a 90s rom com, it's fine, but <laughs> it is some pretty red flag behavior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Kathleen's smart, so <laughs> it's fine if it's red flag because she should be able to spot the red flag. It's on her, okay? I'm just kidding. It's not on her. I apologize if that offended anyone. Um, I did wanna, I did wanna make sure that we touch on this. Just how lovable that they make Kathleen like right from the beginning, you know? Yeah. Just like immediately, like the. I think the film starts, yeah, with her and and Frank and Frank's. Ooh, I'll get onto this in a second. Um, never mind. And uh, there's another thing that I want to talk about too, but and she's just like hopping around and floating around and all that stuff, and and just really excited and bubbly and and energetic, which is like a really good um, 
introduction to her character and how she pretty much is throughout the rest of the film. Even when she's angry, there's still like a bubbly, like there's just like when a pep like, in her step. When she's fighting and she's like <laughs> yeah. punching the air and that's, stuff. That's a pretty cheesy moment, but it's it's funny too yeah. to watch. Um, yeah. But I do, yeah, they really make sure that she's just like a super lovable character right at the beginning. And I, I really, I think that's another reason why I love this movie so much because it's just like, oh, what a cute, what a cute little character. She's smart. But she's like really bubbly. I really enjoy watching her. You know, she's she's got a really positive energy about her that I, I enjoy that I think works really well with Joe's character, which is a little more rough around the edges, a little more um, snarky, I guess, in a way. Um, so eloquent. And I just think uh, they make a really good uh, pairing in that way because they kind of she kind of softens softens him up. You're sweet and you're sour. And and yeah, she kind of she cut or he kind of, yeah, adds adds this the spice to her that she needs in order to fight, even though it it leads to nothing. She still has to close the store, but you know it gives her some fight, right? Which is just kind of interesting yeah. and fun to see and play with in the film. Um, but I did want to point out as well, like both of them at the very beginning, um, when their partners are late for work or whatever, you know, they like remind them that they're late. Are, aren't you late? You know. And they're like trying to get them out the door so that they can hurry up and check their their messages <laughs> to see if the other yeah. person's responded, which is very funny. That's called having an emotional affair. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I was introducing this movie last last episode, I was just like, that's probably not something that's great because technically these two are having emotional affairs. Um yeah. And really the order of operations, in my opinion, should be they should break up with the people <laughs> before. For and, sure. And You're you, like catching feelings for another person. Yeah. And you see that with Kathleen. She's trying to like talk herself like into mm-hmm. it not being a thing. It's like, oh, we don't even know each other. We haven't even met. We don't talk about personal yeah, things. Yeah, like yeah. it's nothing. She says that multiple times. So and obviously they should have just broken up with whoever they were at with <laughs> at the time so that they could pursue this online relationship. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like kind of to your earlier point about her being like a very bubbly, positive character. She is, and they do a good job of portraying her like that. Yeah. Um, I do think like, and obviously this is the '90s, so it's not very, and it's a rom com, <laughs> so it's not very like dynamic, right? The characters, sure. but they do position her as like this woman who's like, oh, I feel so bad when I'm like mean or whatever. Um, yeah, sure. But it's like, no, you just had your family business of 40 plus years, like ruined by this man. Yeah. Like you're allowed to be mean and you're allowed to not feel bad about that, you know? Sure. Um, And we kind of, she sort of like reverts, like she embraces it for a little bit. And then she's like, oh, I feel so bad. Like, it doesn't matter what you did to me. I shouldn't say mean things. And I'm like, Kathleen, you're allowed to say mean things to this man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like It's allowed, you know? And I don't think that they give her as much leeway or permission to like be mean as we would nowadays because it was the 90s and it's like she has to be this sweet bubbly one-dimensional character you know right sure but um well i wouldn't say that she's very one-dimensional because she i think it adds more dimension personally because they actually get into that's just like the nature of who she is and she wants to be more mean or whatever and that's like the that's like a big point for the i mean one-dimensional in the fact that like she like ultimately reverts back to like the sweet bubbly version of herself. Yeah, sure. But like, I mean, she doesn't really like change in the fact that she's not like really embracing like the mean side of her. Does everyone have to turn into a mean person? 
No, I don't think so. But I think in media, especially in the 90s, when you're indicating that like the ideal woman is like the sweet bubbly woman and not like the one who can fight for her business and like play dirty. I think that that's problematic. I'm not saying that everyone has to do that. But in the 90s, when there was very much like, I mean, there's still problems around gender stereotypes, but um, it's okay for like women to punch back and fight back and have fangs and you know but again it's the 90s and it's a rom-com i'm not expecting you know super in-depth character arcs here well even today though like i i'm not gonna lie like it's getting old it's getting super old for me everyone has to have these character arcs that lead into like a completely different character than they were at the beginning and like that happens a lot in life but at the same time There's something that I think a lot of shows and movies totally forget is the fact that like people change, but old habits die hard. And that's a saying for a reason where like people, they try to change and maybe they do change for a little while, but then they end up just reverting back to what it was anyway. Like I could tell you from um, like past uh, experiences, especially like with with, uh, my previous relationship, it's just like there are behaviors that either I I or my partner had that we did our very best to maybe change for the other person so that you know we could be a better pairing or whatever but at the end of the day like it was just in our nature to be that person and so it's just like to me with Kathleen her nature isn't to be mean and obviously that's the case because she has a really hard time breaking out it like she has to be shown what to do or what to say or whatever and um, or how to but go you have about to ask it. yourself, like, why is that in her nature, though? Like, because pl- she's excited when she gets those zingers off. And when she's being vulnerable with NY152, she's like, I wish that I could, you know, know what to say in the moment. To, but like, then really... she does and she regrets it immediately. I know, but the, I, I mean, if you're going to do an in-depth character exploration, you have to ask yourself, why does she regret it? You know, is she regretting it because this is like fundamentally who she is or is she regretting it because she's being socialized to be like the sweet, bubbly, upbeat person? I you thought know? they did a good job explaining that in the film. Because she said that she regretted it. It didn't make her feel good. It made her feel bad. Even though he's done some horrible things to her or whatever, It's he's still a person and she hurt his feelings. And that's what she cares about more than anything is hurting other or making people happy or making sure that she doesn't hurt their feelings. I know, but I'm just saying that you have to explore why does she feel that way? Because, I mean, just like sort of we're talking about men and how men are socialized to like not show their emotions. Women are also socialized in very specific ways. And one of those ways is that you do have to cater to the needs of other people and put other people before you. Sure. Um, And again, I'm just like, this is very tangential because I'm not saying that this is like to the discredit of this movie because I'm not expecting this movie to carry very heavy weight when it comes to gender stereotypes and like gender socialization and gender constructs and things like that yeah um i just i just wanted to bring light to the fact that um there is a world in which kathleen embraces her zingers and is like makes that part of herself you know and like learns like you know what i can be this nice bubbly person when i need to but when i need to defend myself and my family and my business and my loved ones i can also like have the claws come out you know yeah maybe i don't think that that's accurate for everyone though like i don't know i agree i'm not saying it's accurate for everyone i'm saying there's like a kathleen out there there's people out there that yeah sure maybe say the zingers and feel bad and then there's people out there that say the zingers and they say you know what I'm going to do this. And even if society says like, oh, it's not for, it's not ladylike to, you know, say zingers. They're like, well, you know what? Yeah. Fuck 
fuck social expectations. I'm going to do what I want to do, you know? Anyway, I just wanted to bring attention to that because I think it's important to bring attention to stuff like that. But again, I'm not expecting this movie to resolve all gender stereotypes. Well, yeah. I mean, like, that's, that's, that's where, yeah, that's, yeah, I totally get it. I, I get where you're coming from. I just, I I would say that not every movie has to explore it and that is totally, I agree. I, and I agree. even well mainly the thing that you said though is like it's the 90s so blah 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 I wouldn't expect them but even in today like I would like a lot more movies to just have characters just be like whatever they're supposed to be and it, they don't need to explore really deeply because sometimes it just doesn't go that much deeper even in real life and so I I would say that for any decade in life her character could be very accurate to just like a normal portrayal of like just who she would be and who how true she would be to herself and all that stuff and there doesn't really necessarily need to be a deep exploration of why this is because there really isn't a deep exploration that's just who she is and it's hard for her to break out of it yeah and i think to this movie's credit they give her that opportunity to explore it and then she realizes hey you know what this isn't for me yeah because like i mean that's one of the things about compelling media and compelling art is is character arcs right where the character goes through an experience and they're fundamentally changed or they learn something new about themselves you know and so maybe in kathleen's case the thing she learns about herself is she doesn't actually really want to be that mean person who has those great zingers you know yeah so to the movie's credit they do explore these things yeah um but yeah anyway yeah yeah last thing i wanted to say on that is like kind of going in a in a uh like going in that direction and continuing on with that idea with like villains in movies it's also there's especially with like marvel films and i've probably talked about this in the past but it's getting really old to me that like every marvel villain now or a lot of movie villains have to have like this really deep deeply explored like reason why they are the way they are or like or maybe there's some kind of gray aspect to them on why you know they're making these terrible decisions and you you have to relate to them as a villain whereas like sometimes i can't think of a good example there is a movie out there sometimes you just want to watch the world burn well so yeah sometimes i just (laughs) yeah like the joker for example we don't even ever really see that's the point of the joker though like you're not supposed to know really what his background is although the movie the joker or joker with they do explore that that movie is really good but in a lot of iterations of the joker you don't even know why he's you know crazy or insane or you know yeah He's just he's just evil, and that's all there is to it. And I wish that more movies would these days would have villains like that because it's like I just want to watch a really bad guy do really bad things and not have to care yeah, about I, it. I don't need to know why he's like traumatized as a child and this is yeah. forcing him to do this thing or whatever. You know exactly. So kind of going along with that whole thing with Kathleen, I, I think that's so, why I enjoy it because it's, it, it at this point in my life it it feels like a breath of fresh air that we just have like this really bubbly character and we don't need to know like like her childhood traumas yeah we don't need to know like all we know about her child is that she twirls and she's yeah and and that her mom had the store and it's been a part of her life forever or whatever and that's That's why i don't watch marvel movies yeah man they're getting old dude (sighs) they've been old they've been tired for a while well like the infinity saga (laughs) it's totally side tangent but like the infinity (laughs) saga was so good I thought, and it was fun, and then everything after that is just like, oh man, we're still going, dude. Like, I feel like we capped. I feel like off. every Marvel movie has the same exact plot. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, it's true. Someone dies, and then they come back to life at the end. 
and then it's like a rom-com formula it's like yeah no it's really it's very formulaic i mean it's probably a little it's probably been refreshed i mean i haven't watched a i think the last like marvel movie i watched in theaters was like one of the black like the first black panther um oh really like i haven't watched really any marvel movies because i'm just like okay you're gonna die you're gonna be really sad (laughs) then he's gonna come back to life and then a new superhero is gonna be born and a new villain like i was just like yeah that's good anyway (laughs) completely tangential but yeah yeah. i talked about kind of some of the random side plots yeah sorry i don't have anything else deep to say about this yeah sure so um I love, there are so many things in this movie that just came so out of left field for me okay. that I absolutely loved them. Yeah. Like um, the TV interview with Frank <laughs> yeah. is just like, what? It, <laughs> like, yeah. it felt so unnecessary, yeah. but it was so funny. She was like hitting on him. He was kind of hitting on her and yeah. it was just like so weird to be on TV, you know? It totally makes sense for Frank though, because he really... Absolutely, this, he's obsessed with himself. He's obsessed with himself, and this person is totally just like yeah. building him up. Yeah, for so sure, it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the like weird rooftop killer comment. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> like yeah. all of a sudden he went from standing you up to like he's a mass murderer. Like what? Hey, who knows? Yeah, that must have been topical for like New York at the time when they were making. I didn't look that up. I have no idea if that was a thing. I don't or know. Not. But it is that was weird. so funny. And then when she makes the comment about somebody makes the comment about Frank would be the like Frank being the Unabomber, hundred yeah. percent accurate. I don't know how familiar you are with the Unabomber, but his whole MO was like technology is terrible and it's ruining society. Oh yeah. Like one hundred percent when they made that comment, I was like, Frank would be the Unabomber. <laughs> like and, and when they say that, everyone is still I think you see Kathleen's face like she's still not convinced that he's not the Unabomber, (laughs) which is pretty funny. Yes. And then um, I do love the Godfather reference. I I won't lie. I feel like, um, although I didn't, I don't remember the to the mattresses quote. I don't remember that. That might be a Godfather 2 thing. I have no idea. I don't remember the mattresses because they talk about the horse head, right? Which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just watching some other movies and they like the Barbie movie talks about the Godfather and about how obsessed men are with the Godfather. Yeah. And then, um, (laughs) there's another TV show I was watching and they talk about how men are obsessed with the Godfather. And I have to laugh every time because I think I told you this, I watched the Godfather with my wife and two of my friends and none of them were really that into it. (laughs) So it is just a guy thing. What the heck? (laughs) Yeah. And at least in this closed off experience. How though? It's so good, dude. I know. I know. That's the thing is like, I'm like, I can't defend the Godfather because I don't want to be like one of those guys, but I'm like, the Godfather is so good. It was our number one, dude. It was our number one for season one. It's so good. Yeah. You might have had it at like number four or something, but still really high up there. Have you seen the Barbie movie? No, I need to watch it. Yeah, there's like a reference to it when they're like trying to distract the men and she, one of them is like, can you explain to me the Godfather? And like, it's this whole running joke about men just being obsessed with the Godfather. Nice. 
That's classic. Leave the gun, so, take the cannoli. Improvised. Yeah. I think we talked about that. And then the last thing, I love the line that Kathleen says about the when the bookstore closes down and she's like, in a few weeks from now, it's probably going to be something depressing like a baby gap. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so specific. I, yeah, that is very... And funny. also not depressing. I don't feel like baby gaps are depressing. Like, I Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't like kids. I, no, why would she work with... Yeah, no, it's probably like you have this baby and you're going to just put it in like this like mass produced unoriginal non-unique clothing sure, or whatever yeah, yeah, i don't sure. know but i just thought that was so funny it was like such a throwaway line but it was it is. so funny oh man there's so many there's so many okay there's a lot of like random like quotes and stuff that i want to point out for sure um but there's like one more thing that i wanted to say that was maybe that we could maybe get deeper into but just specifically the first time that joe is just like do you think we should meet you know and like the the like prolonged pointer finger like waiting to send it or whatever you know can you relate to that at all because like for me like i okay so honestly actually this is probably like the biggest reason why this movie resonates with me so much is i'm such a shy person and watching this movie when i was younger um like this was the only way in my mind like watching this movie it made me feel okay to be because like i couldn't i still can't do this like talk to women you know like that i find attractive i have no idea how to approach them without looking creepy or sounding creepy freaks me out um and afraid of saying the wrong thing don't know how to start a conversation in a natural way when i'm just see someone that i would really like to you know maybe get to know more at the gym what is that how do you just go up to some random person at the gym? And like, hey, I see you're running on a treadmill there. I like running on treadmills too. Like, what do you do? I don't get it, right? And so the only way that I ever like interacted with women that I, w- I was interested in back in the day was by sending them a message on Facebook. Like, hey, like, how's it going? Or whatever, you know? And then, and then I would proceed to ignore them at school because I was too nervous to talk to them. <laughs> And I'm sure they looked at me like, wow, what a jerk. He's like, he's talking to me on here, but he won't talk to me in real life. And it's really because I'm just terrified and the anxiety was too big for me to do yeah. anything about it. Um, which people need to understand a little bit more, I feel like. Like, I don't think people understand the anxiety that goes in. At least for me, dude. I, dude. Anyway, yeah. so seeing that whole thing, like that specific part where he's, he's really terrified to hit send or apprehensive about hitting send like that to me like anytime i would maybe text like hey like are you interested and then i would sit there for like like minutes or 10 minutes a whole hour like i'm not gonna send this should i send this and then you just yeah. you do it and then like the explosion of away from the screen yeah, or the whatever, explosion like, of emotions that's going on in your head like i'm screwed she's gonna totally like say no yeah. she's not gonna be interested like all of this was for nothing now i'm definitely not gonna be able to talk to them ever again because i'm too embarrassed because i ruined of, everything i ruined everything <laughs> the the whole dream of what this could be is now over right yeah which is like i've i've like looked up like in the past just like how how do you how do you try to like ask a girl out or whatever because i don't know what to do and they're just like just do it and if they say no they say no but i'm like you don't understand dude 
because I have a very nice picture in my head of our future together, and <laughs> and it's gonna go. We're married. We have kids. We have a dog. <laughs> it's gonna go down in flames if they reject me. You have no idea what you're talking about. In reality, it's completely unrealistic, or it's uh, it's it's ridiculous in in a way for me to think that way because it's like it really doesn't matter because it's also non-existent. Like both, whether they I'm rejected or it's just a dream, in reality, it's non-existent. So what do I have to be afraid of, right? Yeah. But anyway, does any of that resonate with you? <laughs> you have to be afraid of the fear of vulnerability and rejection. What? I need to unpack that. I'm not sure what you said. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Say that one more time. I said you have to be afraid of the fear of vulnerability and rejection. You know, no one likes being rejected. No, you don't want to be a creep. No. You don't want to be, yeah. Um, you know, you don't want to tell this person or indicate to them that you are interested in them and then have them say, no, thank you. Um, but yeah. also, I have been married for almost nine years. Um, I have not been on a first date or been um, interested in like, romantically meeting people in yeah. nearly a decade. Yeah. Um, and it would be terrible and I would hate it. Absolutely hate it. So I have no advice and it was probably horrible. Yeah. Um, and I'm just glad that I'm happily married. You know, what's funny is like going through Tinder and stuff and everyone on their profiles, <laughs> side tangent again, everyone on their profiles, like, I don't know why I'm on here, but I'm here. Like a lot of people say that on their Tinder profiles. I'm just like, why are we on here? Like, this is terrible. Like, you know, <laughs> it's a numbers game. It's online, though. It's impersonal. It's a lot easier to get rejected on a dating app. Here's the thing, though. Than it is this in is real the life. thing I've heard about Tinder and online dating yeah. is if you have a spark with someone, you need to meet with them in person immediately because you don't want to waste all this time talking to them over the Internet or the chat or the app or whatever. Yeah. And then you meet in person and it's like you're not anything I expected. Like you want to just mm. not set up all these expectations, like yeah. meet in person and you'll get a way better read of the thing. It's a lot more uncomfortable um, <laughs> sure. and scary, but it's like going to be way more efficient and way more um, effective. But yeah. again, I haven't been on a first date or on the dating apps in, I don't know. I haven't ever been on the dating apps. Wow. Um, okay. It's the worst. Well, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, it's, I'm sure it's terrible. It sounds horrible. I have friends who are on the dating apps, and it sounds atrocious. Everything's the worst. Everything's the worst. That's what I have yeah. to say. <laughs> uh, okay, do you have any more deep things to talk about? Um, I don't. Because I have some random things that I just wanted to point out because I love them. Go I, for it. For some reason, I just love it when... Um, what's the little kid's name? The little brother's... I don't remember his name, but he's like F-O-X. For some reason, I just really love that. I thought that was a really you know, just cute little thing and uh, could easily have blown everything up if she had caught on. <laughs> but everything blew up anyway, right? So it doesn't matter, really matter. But for some reason, I just love that. F-O-X. Can you spell dog? F-O-X. F-O-X. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. I love, this is one of my favorite lines in there. You're taking all the caviar. That caviar <laughs> is a garnish. I love the way that she delivers that line and how upset she is about it. Yeah. I don't know anything about caviar, so I don't I don't even know what was the main dish. Do you even know what the main dish was okay, in between the caviar? All I know it was looked terrible. Yeah, I have no idea. It looked like corn pudding. I thought caviar was supposed to be on like crackers or something. What's yeah, the, I don't 
I don't know what it was. It was like something out of Cat in the Hat. It looked like a cake with caviar around it. I don't know. Yeah, it looks horrible. <laughs> it was some weird stuff. But then he proceeds to just like take all of the take caviar, basically. <laughs> it was yeah. a lot, dude. Or the whole side, at least. I thought that that was hilarious. And I love when they're singing, like for Thanksgiving and all that stuff, when they're singing. And, um, well, number one, the, the aunt, you know, the little girl, and her, her like... <laughs> Her final note in the Annie song, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, whatever that song is called, and just how like showy she is, like, like she's really playing it, like she's having it up. It's awesome. But then when um it's all the adults in in Kathleen's, you know, world or whatever in her celebration or Thanksgiving thing, and um I love the part when they're like the horn, the horn sounds so <laughs> forlorn, and Meg Ryan just like cra- I feel like she actually cracked up in real life because it was hilarious. Um, so that makes me happy, and that makes me happy every time I see it. Oh, this was actually a really good line that I think is. Um, I just thought that it was a really good line, well written. All this nothing has meant more to me than so many somethings. I think. Kathleen says that and it's it's after she gets stood up and she you know takes a beat and then messages him back and it's like even even if this was just a little thing on online or whatever like it it meant more to me it like this nothing right and so it kind of speaks to the thing that I was talking about earlier it's like how they really appreciate the little things and it's like it is like most of their conversations have been about a lot of little nothing things you know nothings and but it's meant more to her than so many somethings and so i i don't know i just thought that that was a really good summation of kind of their relationship i guess oh and then birdie's line when like she decides when kathleen decides to close up the shop it's just like you are marching into the unknown armed with nothing have a sandwich it's like And her so birdie, nihilistic of her. Yeah, well, Birdie has a lot of lines like that where she's in, the, she's about to lead up to something great, and then she just like loses the plot or something. I don't know. She just doesn't want to. She can't be bothered to come up with some great like climax to whatever yeah. she started saying, <laughs> and then she just caps it off with something that means means nothing, which is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, and then and then last uh, that I have on this list is uh, for some reason I just love. Uh, Meg Ryan's delivery of um, I wanted it to be you so badly I don't know why but it's just like really it really gets you in the heart at least for yeah. me I was just like oh man like like that's a really good performance on her end because you really feel like she meant it and that that is something about this whole movie um, like everyone feels real and we've talked about this in a lot of movies in the past like The Godfather for example like everyone feels like they really knew each other and they were really mm-hmm. conversing with each other, not on a set, but like in re- real life, which really sells the movie for me and sells a lot of some of our you know favorite movies for sure. Is just how real they feel and how you it takes you out of the idea that it's a movie, but that you're really watching something um, meaningful, I guess to me anyway. So I just love that. I love I love that line. I love their performances. I love this movie. Nothing wrong with this movie. No perfect ten out of ten. Perfect ten out of ten. Big T agrees. He just said it. <laughs> just kidding. What? What? Uh, if you, if nothing else, or if you have nothing else, like what, what? What are your final thoughts on this film? No. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I think that this is a fun, cute movie. I think it has a lot of really good themes to it that are still very relevant to today. Yeah. That we've talked about. 
um, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan have great chemistry and um, it was really weird. And I loved all the little random side plots and I loved that it was not your typical formulaic rom-com plot. Heck yeah, man. Hey, well, that will conclude our discussion on You've Got Mail. Uh, if you've made it through this whole podcast without listening to or watching the film, shame on you. Shame on you. Go watch this film right now. You'll love it. I promise you. There's nothing wrong. We already said it. There's It's a 10 out of 10. Nothing wrong with this film. No problematic anything going on. No emotional relationships going on. It's just it's just pure innocent fun <laughs> all the way around. Right, Big T? Perfect. You've summed it up great. I know. Okay. So the, with the discussion out of the way, let's get into our uh, second to last segment, our final game of the podcast, Fire Partner Critique. And if you are unfamiliar with this game, Fire Partner Critique is a take on F. Mary Kill and where you choose a character or no, 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 sorry, not a character, an actor or crew member uh, that you would fire because they did a bad job or something, partner, or for whatever reason you'd like to. Maybe you just don't like the way their face looks. Who cares? Uh, partner, because you love them so much and you love their performance or whatever and you'd like to work with them continuously. And the critique, almost perfect. Just a few a few little tweaks, as Joe would say, Joe Fox would say, to make it perfect. Um, Big T, do you have your answers? Um, I'll come up with them on the spot. Okay. Well, first, who would you fire? Let's fire the grandpa because <laughs> I do not need an old man who has a six-year-old daughter. Like, like That's true. We probably should have talked about that. What the heck, dude, is going on with this family? How is that even possible? First, like, that shouldn't be possible. Because she's like, what? I don't know. Eight? Nine? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We didn't need that subplot. That's <laughs> a little So weird. fire him, remove his character. They are an American family. That's what he says. Um, partner. Let's partner with Tom Hanks because I think we could do okay. some. Has Meg Ryan been anything recently? I should have looked that up. I feel like she hasn't been in anything like at all. Because she's like a really famous actress. Um, I know. But I don't know. I just say Tom Hanks because he's still in stuff. So I feel like you could... Do some fun stuff. I would partner sure. with him and then do a reverse You've Got Mail where he's the independent bookstore owner and she's the <laughs> big conglomerate owner. That's hilarious. Okay, good answer, I guess, maybe. Um, and critique um, critique the person who made the caviar set because that dish looked atrocious. <laughs> please, please choose anything else. You wouldn't fire that, that person? No, because you need to have food on set. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Did you think they were actually eating it? That was like their <laughs> their stuff in between takes. That's hilarious. That was the 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 craft table or whatever it's called. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Um okay, your an your answers are interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure if I agree with any of them. I was actually I was actually wondering about I was thinking maybe firing the grandpa and then I was maybe thinking of firing the the cashier lady. Um she does an okay job. Well, no, she does a good job. That's why... That's Sarah Ramirez? Yeah, that's right. What? Yeah, that's her name. I know she's on Grey's Anatomy and all this other stuff, but um, actually, my, my oldest daughter is named after her character in Grey's Anatomy, so... Um, mm. I chose, though, to fire 
Mary A. Kelly. I actually bothered to look these people's names up. Mary A. Kelly, which is the book, the Fox Books shopper, when she's asking about the book, she has like no emotion on her face whatsoever. So I have no problem firing her. <laughs> um, I would partner with Howard Spiegel. <laughs> He's Henry from the the shop, the the market. He's Henry, and I'm Henry. I would partner with him because he does a great job acting really upset. Uh, that she's Wait, in the who? wrong line. She's in the. He's, oh, he's oh. the guy that gets upset <laughs> that she's in the wrong line. I would partner with him, and I would make Love sure that, that you looked their names up. <laughs> yeah, I would make sure that he's the annoyed guy in every movie that I ever do. <laughs> <laughs> um, no good reason for that. Maybe it would actually be Meg Ryan. I don't know, but I'm choosing Howard Spiegel. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and then I would, crit- I would actually critique Tom Hanks because. Um, his delivery of zip zip and stuff. It's like, you could have done better than that to make it <laughs> a little more charming, dude. Um, that's, that's the critique that I would have for him. Otherwise, great job. Valid. Love him. Good job. All so around. what I'm hearing from you is that this movie isn't a perfect 10 out of 10. There is room for critique. Oh, well, I mean, my person that I fired is just an extra and the person that I partner with is an extra. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, dude. Um, just kidding. No, it's a 10 out of 10. I think 10 out of 10s are also flawed. <laughs> I'm just That's like very, totally, I'm backpedaling very, hardcore. <laughs> very, very nuanced of you. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's it. That's everything. Except for the last little segment, we will be introducing our next film. Big T, you're in charge of choosing the next film. What's it going to be, my online friend? You have actually already said the name of the film. The Godfather this- Part 2. Nope. Oh. You didn't mention it in the context of oh. movies, but you did say the name of the movie. Oh. Do you remember? Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> no. <laughs> die Hard. Oh, dude, yeah. Old habits die hard. Um, <laughs> oh, dude, that's sick. I'm so excited to own this because I buy everything. Have you seen Die Hard? I watched half of it and then fell asleep. Because it was really I late when I watched it. I've never seen Die Hard in I, my life. Oh, that's so exciting. Alan Rickman's in it. Snape. Yes. yes. And um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I feel like, always makes reference to Die oh, Hard. Do they? Um, and we'll settle the age-old debate, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh, hey, look at you choosing something that loosely ties in with Christmas. Well, I guess it takes place during Christmas. That's the big debate, right? It takes place during Christmas, but there's nothing Christmassy about it. I don't know. We'll have, you have to. Our listeners will have to tune in in December. Dude, this is a perfect movie for December because it has. It's just gonna be so fun to watch. It's just gonna be so fun. <laughs> just action, straight up action. This is exciting. Big T, I'm excited for your pick. Uh, Die Hard, rated R. So of course, as we always say. Look up the parental guide on IMDb to see what kind of things that are going on in this film to make it rated R to see if you are up for the challenge of watching it. No accidental naked frontal full, nudity. Full frontal demon full nudity. Demon nudity. Uh, as long as you look it up. Yeah, whatever. Um, cool. It's actually really sad about Bruce Willis. He's like totally... What? What? He's like... He's totally losing all brain functionality or something. I can't remember what's going on, but that's all I have to say about it. We'll talk about it more, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever. I, I thought that you might know or have something to say about it, but I guess you don't. So we're moving on. 
Well, actually, that's a good point. Let's see here. Watch options. It appears to be streaming on Hulu, FX Now, or you can rent or buy it. So um, if you have Hulu or FX Now, whatever that one is, um, check it out. Watch it. Get ready for it. That movie, or sorry, that podcast episode will be up December 4th. So get ready for it. And remember, you could write into layersfilmpod at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments uh, that pertain to the film. And we love you. And we hope you have a great month. And if you celebrate Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. If you don't, happy, I feel like people are saying harvest day. Is harvest a thing? Happy harvest? I've seen that in Walmart walking by. Um, Harvest is like. What's harvest? The Christian version of Halloween. Never like mind. Harvest oh, so harvest is a Halloween thing. Never mind. Uh, well, I mean, it, it probably relates to uh, to Thanksgiving too, but yeah, I just probably. heard it in the context of like a harvest festival. Oh, cause... gotcha. Okay. Well, happy whatever you're going to do. You'll probably spend time with family or friends or whatever. So hopefully you have a good time. And uh, yeah, have a great month. And see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.